on the block on demand this is on the block with brent axe welcome back on the block is presented by src incorporated src is doing great work to protect us and our war fighters but they need your help too. SRC is growing and looking for software or systems engineers. You can apply at SRCINC.com. 437-7644 is our phone number. Text line is 2880644 if you want to participate that way. And of course, always on the Twitter at Brent Axe Media. Mark on the text line says, Thank you, Mr. Axe, for Benny Hill information. We always try and make it a little more entertaining when you got to learn something on this show. So that is how quadrant wins break out. And somebody asked me during the break, and it's a good question. Wake Forest is a currently a quad three at 116 in the RPI. So, yeah, you can't lose that one. Can't slip on a banana peel there. Syracuse has seven remaining games. Of those seven, four are quadrant one games. Should I be playing the Benny Hill music again here? Uh, Those four are Miami, North Carolina, Duke, and Clemson. The Orange hosts NC State on Wednesday, Valentine's Day, biggest scam in American history, in a Quadrant 2 game, and Syracuse's game at BC in late February, another Quadrant 2. So you got a lot of high quadrants going on here. The the lowest is Sunday. So that's the one you don't want to slip on a banana peel. Now, when you look at the first matchup between Syracuse and Wake Forest in this matchup, Wake Forest has lost a bunch of games since then. They've lost 9 of 10, specifically, which included a 7-game winning streak. Their one win was at home against Florida, yes, Florida State. They have two road wins. And they're not really road wins in a sense that, you know, I mean, technically, yes, you got on a road and went somewhere, but it's Charlotte and Coastal Carolina. Syracuse lost. That was in that stretch. Remember Syracuse was in that stretch where they were at one and four at one point in ACC play. And the reaction from one Jim Beheim was big deal, right? We've got a long way to go. And Syracuse has fought, scratched, clawed, lost a couple games. They should have won a couple games. Maybe we didn't think they would. And here they are right in the heart of the conversation. First four out. That's why we've got to know about quadrants and RPI and Ken Palm and what's Lenardi saying today. And you know, we've had that conversation the past few years. Last year, it didn't work out. While we tracked all that stuff and tried to do the math to work in our favor, I think we kind of knew because of the road record last year and because of some quality win issues, and it just the math wasn't adding up there. But we still watched on Selection Sunday, but we're not exactly surprised to see that Syracuse was a number one seed, but in the NIT. So they're in that same position again. You got to take care of business in games like this, grab a couple more Quadrant One wins, Deep run in the ACC tournament wouldn't hurt your cause, and then uh, it's all in the committee. This has been familiar territory. Even when it was familiar territory and Syracuse got in the tournament when Joe Lenardi said they were out of the tournament, they went to the Final Four. The lesson is, you know, always write this stuff down in pencil, of course. But I do know that losing to Wake Forest, while not catastrophic, is a setback. That's going to dent all the metrics and all the look test everything. Now, after that point, which we brought up with the Wake game, Syracuse lost their following three games after that, but have won four of their last six. So since the big deal comments, 
Syracuse has won four out of their last six. They're twelve and three at home. Notre Dame, Virginia, St. Bonaventure, all good teams. Right? Notre Dame had some injuries. Virginia's the best team in the country. Certainly will be number one in the new poll if they take care of business on Monday. And Bonaventure at this point. What's the old Bratic uh, matrix say about St. Bonaventure? Tell me OY's website. Let's see. While we're on the subject, I know this is just thrilling radio for me to look up things while we're yakking about it. I don't see St. Bonaventure here. So, boys, look that up for me. Let me know where St. Bonaventure is because I do not see them on my list here. Doesn't mean they're not there. Just means my eyes are glazing over them here at some point. But anyway, that's how the quadrants work. What Syracuse has to do in this game that they didn't do in the Wake game, look, I can use a lot of words to describe this, but it comes back to you got to make shots, right? And they did that. But why did Syracuse make shots in that game? Well, there was a couple adjustments. 47 in the Brattick Matrix. Thank you, Matt. Intern Matt. There you go. They're in 47 out of a possible 101. Your boy's there. St. Bonaventure. Okay. Because that was going to bug you, too, if I didn't look that up. I, we're on the same wavelength here. We're, we're together on this. But look, Syracuse not only controls its own fate, which you want. At this point, they still do. What they have to do well in this game that they did not do in the last game, and remember, they only lost that game by six points, Ty's battle. Ty's battle struggled in the first game. If he is on his game like he has been, you know, it's a lot to ask him to score 25 again, or one of those extremes, but if... He and Frank Howard can kind of find that rhythm working the inside-out game. If you get a little help from O'Shea Brissett, and O'Shea, was he struggled on defense in that Wake game. A couple of corner threes that Wake hit. He was kind of leaking late on defense. I think he's kind of shored that up a little bit. It's always something you've got to watch with a freshman. But I think he's really grown up in, in defense and isn't making some of those same mistakes. You really need Pascal to give you something. Five and eight the other night, okay. And what I, you know, what I really liked about Pascal the other night was there was when he had he had a great play underneath when Ty's battle missed a shot and he recovered and put it up and had a great dunk. He didn't hesitate, and it's just one of these habits that all big men have to break. And we've talked about this with other players in the past, but there's just that need to in the field to put the ball on the floor. When you're seven foot two and like you're already ninety percent there, and you get you catch the ball in a spot. Going down with it is such a waste of time for big men. I I know it's kind of a natural habit that they get into, but he was really good with not doing that. And getting eight rebounds is obviously huge because that is, of all the stats that you can highlight for Syracuse, that is the most significant stat of all. If they lose the rebounding battle, they lose. It's pretty much that simple. They lost the rebounding battle the first time around to Wake. 38 to 29. It was a significant loss. 12 to 6 on the off the boards in particular. So everything that I shouldn't say everything, most things that did not go well in the wake game, I think will be better in this game. The second time around, I think Ty's battle will be better. I don't think they'll leak on defense. Thompson got in the high post a lot. Jerry McNamara was saying this a little bit on Orange Nation last night. I pinch hit for Mike Waters on the television extravaganza, Orange Nation. That's a nice new studio they got over there at Channel 9, by the way. Whoa, Mama, it's like you're in a spaceship. It's fantastic. 
So we were discussing this, and Jerry mentioned it, I'm sure, on the Orange Nation radio show as well. So you got to look out for that. Remember, one of the things about Wake last time around, now Brian Crawford has kind of taken this role, but in the first Syracuse-Wake matchup, they they had him for just like a cup of coffee, but lost at the time who was their best player, Woods, in that game. Now the guy to watch really is Brian. They've got a couple scorers, but the guy to really watch is Brian Crawford. Wake lost to Miami on Wednesday night, 87 to 81. And while I never really got the sense Wake was going to win that game, I mean, they kept it closer than maybe you thought they would against that team. So rebounding is key. Ty's battle getting back on track is key. O'Shea Brissett's got to keep up his wingman role. Didn't even mention Merrick Dolzhai. I'm not expecting much from Matthew Moyer at this point as he keeps battling back from an ankle injury, but it's one of those deals like you're on the court, you got to do something. So what can he do even within the limitations of his injury? Are we going to see Barama on Sunday? Boy, that's so touch and go at this point. I would hate to even answer that question. It all depends on how that procedure went and warm-ups. And he's had time. He's had the benefit of time, which sometimes is not always a good thing. Like you play well and you snap out of an offensive funk, and you're like, I want to get back on the court tomorrow. Syracuse had five days, but when you can get a five-day rest in a grind of a season, and you've got all those Quadrant 1 games coming up, if you take just a little bit of a breather, I think you'll take it. But three your next four at home. And this is the one, it's not must-win, but it's don't lose. It's That's Quadrant 3, and now it's like, okay. Take care of business. Don't make it harder on yourself. And it's a team you can beat, and it's a team you should beat. So more on that. But we're going to focus in on some other games you should watch since Syracuse sits squarely on the bubble right now. And we'll keep doing this as long as we have to. If the Orange keep taking care of business and get out of this conversation, we'll still kind of circle in and remind you about it. But since they are the first team out and they need to keep piling up these wins, And you're going to start asking yourself, okay, well, who's on the bubble with Syracuse and who are some other teams we should start rooting against? We'll give you five this weekend to look out for coming up. Stay right there. You're on the block ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Yeah, baby, welcome back. On the Block, presented by Agway Energy Services. Put on your the weekend's here. Sunday for the Q's game, so you got maybe a Saturday free. What else are you doing this weekend? Shoveling on the sidewalk and then having people ten people then having ten people in the office say, Why'd you do that? How dare you? They shoveled the the, the hole in the snowbank so people could get in the building. Maybe clear out a fire hydrant or two? I mean, jeez. Do you? Now, I need a ruling on this. So Josh tweeted, I did my civil duty. I don't think that's correct. I think, isn't it civic duty? Like when you go, when you do jury duty, it's your civic duty? I don't know. Somebody give me a ruling on that. Text line's been helpful with that today. I had to pay for air today, too. Air. Buck 50. Buck 50. I was in a spot, too. Good thing I had those quarters, man. What a day. What a day. Anyway, Syracuse is on the bubble. That we know. 
So what are some of the games and some of the teams that we should be keeping an eye on this weekend? I can merely tell you that, or we could queue up the voice guy to help us with the top five games that will affect Syracuse this weekend. So cue it up, Mr. Voice Man. Number five. UCLA at Arizona State. The Bruins are 17-7. and seven. Arizona State's 18-6. and six. RPI of 57. UCLA is 1-3 and three in Quadrant 1 games. Their one win is Kentucky. Lenardi has him first four out. UCLA beat Arizona on the road. A four-game winning streak. All five starters are in double digits at this point. So UCLA playing at an Arizona State team that Mike Hopkins beat at Washington. They only have two losses at home this year against Oregon and Utah. So you. Should keep an eye on that, and we're staying in the Pac-12. Number four. USC at 17-8 and eight is at number 13, Arizona team. We just mentioned a moment ago, 19-6. and six. They have an RPI of 45. They're 2-4 and four in Quadrant 1 games, which are Middle Tennessee State and New Mexico State. Quadrant 1 games. Lenardi's got them last four in as a 12 seed in the play-in game currently. They lost at Arizona State by two. They've got a really good player, DeAndre Ayton. Seven-footer who's slated to go in ESPN's latest mock draft. He's averaging about 20 and 10 this season. Arizona lost to UCLA on Thursday, 82 to 74. Number three. Carolina coming off that big win over Duke goes to NC State this weekend. The first UNC NC State game this year, 95-91 win by the Pack, was probably the most entertaining college basketball game I watched this season. So NC State, who, remember, comes to the Carrier Dome after Sunday's game against Wake, and you can win tickets to that game and a nice package as well at ESPNSyracuse.com, courtesy of our friends at UPS. We'll send you to dinner at Tully's. You'll go to the game. we got Valentine's Day all set for you on Wednesday. So when the pack comes in, we'll see if it's off a, another win over Carolina or if the Tar Heels get revenge. That first game was bananas. 95-91, back and forth, just a terrific game. So the Pack has an RPI of 60. They're 4-5. and five. They played a lot, a lot pardon me, of Quadrant 1 games so far. Clemson, Duke, North Carolina, Arizona. They're the last four in, according to Lenardi right now, is an 11 seed. Which brings us to... Number 2. Number 2. Number 7, Texas Tech, 20-4. and four. How is Texas Tech a top-10 team this year? That's incredible. Kansas State's the team to watch for, though. K-State is 17-7. and Their RPI is 66. They are 3-6 and in Quadrant 1 games. Oklahoma, Texas, and Baylor. Lenardi has them in the last four buys category. They're an 11 seed in bracketology. Keenan Evans is a player to watch for Tech. Running in the running for Big 12 Player of the Year. So be rooting for Texas Tech in that one. Number one. Virginia Tech at Virginia. 17 and 7 Hokies go to Virginia 23 and 1. We know how good Virginia is. They've won their last 16 home games. Beat Virginia Tech 71 to 48 last year at home. Rivalry game, so you kind of lean on that a little bit if you're the Hokies. Lenardi has Virginia Tech right now, a team that Syracuse played to start off ACC play as a 10 seed in bracketology. Last four in Virginia Tech is 2 and 5. In Quadrant 1 games at this point, UNC and Washington are those games. So those are the – that's only five. There's a bunch of games. You look at some other bubble teams. 
we mentioned Washington, and as mentioned, Mike Waters did a great job kind of chronicling this for us on Syracuse.com, and he'll be all over that as we get closer. We'll be all over it as we get closer here, but take care of business. Keep winning the games you should. Grab a couple Quadrant 1 games. Do as best you can in conference tournament play. That's kind of the formula, and it's a formula we've seen often the past couple of years here in Syracuse. So you want to talk some more Syracuse hoops, you jump right on board and you do that. You are more than welcome at 437-7644. So, oh, by the way, we got a ruling on this. If you were shoveling to be polite, then you did your civil duty. If you shoveled by law, you are responsible to clear the snow from the sidewalk. Then you did your civic duty. Thank you. Thank you, Sparky, on the text line. Two eight eight zero six four four. We got a ruling on that. So I, Josh was correct. We always got to double check and fact check Josh on these things. That is your civil duty. There you go. So I'm kind of confused how to watch the Olympics to change gears real quick. So the wife and I watching the Olympics last night. So the figure skating was live and boy, if you get the figure skating and you get Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski, whoa, bring in the fire. I don't have audio of this, but, you know, they're on the Olympic stage. They've been training for this for months, their whole life, and it's only like the first day, and it's qualifying. It's They're not even going for a medal yet. Tough love, though. Tough love from Johnny and Tara Lipinski, whose outfits are spectacular, by the way, when they show up on camera. That's become like a thing. Remember them from the last Olympics in Sochi? And, oh, they were just brutal. There's a Chen, I believe, is the figure skater from USA's big favorite. He had a rough night. He fell a couple of times. This poor dude from Russia, who don't even allow me to attempt to say his name, he fell four times. During his performance, and I thought Lipinski was going to go out there and tackle him. They're saying, yeah, what a disaster, how horrible. And I look, I guess they're being honest. They've been out there. They've done it. They know what it's like. And they give great insight on that stuff because it's in your head and one mistake leads to the next and just all it has to be perfect. And you kind of have to lean on the announcers at the Olympics in particular because I mean, we don't know any of this stuff. I know curling. I know hockey, and I know a few sports, but some of this other stuff, whatever you say, man, that was bad. Yeah, he fell. I guess that's bad. I mean, I, I could pick up on that, but the scoring and everything, it's just, is it live? Is it tape delayed? Is this 15 hours ago? Like tonight, the opening ceremony airs on NBC. Now, you could have watched it live online, of course. But by the time we see the opening ceremony tonight, so it's going to be 8 o'clock, right, when they show the opening ceremony on NBC, correct me if I'm wrong. It will be 10 o'clock in the morning in South Korea. The next day, like they're 14 hours ahead. I, I, It's just, I don't know, maybe I'm, you're rolling your eyes at me. This, I, I'm still old school when I watch TV. I know I can pull up the stream and watch it live if I really want to see something, but I get all disoriented. Is this live or is this really live? When will then be now? It reminds me of that scene from Spaceballs. So you sit down and you watch an Olympic sport. You're looking at now, sir. What's happening now is happening now. But what happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. When will then be now? And the answer to that, soon. That's very helpful. Thank you. 
Did they already win this? No, it's live. But I thought it was live 14 hours ago. No, it's live, live. Okay. But it's like 10 o'clock in the morning there. They do events that early? Yes. Why? Because they wanted to put it on live. Like really live? Yes. Live here or live there? Just shut up and watch it. That's, but but I, then my wife walks away all upset. I just I just want to know what time it is. Wasn't there a song like that? Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? We'll wrap it up next. Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Dum dum da dum. dum.